0: This is John Shannon with Radio Free Galisteo and today I am speaking with Santa Fe based and born actor Desba who you may know from other films as Sharon Ann Henderson Desba welcome
1: Yeah, <laughs> eh
0: Thanks for being here today and let's start with can you tell us about anything you're working on right now No <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> Not yet. I'm waiting for that deadline headline to, to show up and pop up on, on my uh, my news feed. But right now, I can't. I don't think I'm at liberty to say exactly what I'm working on. But it's pretty big. And but I can tell you that I um, am currently a mentor for Film Prize Junior, which is run by Rosie Hayat from Taos, New Mexico. So I'm I'm working as a mentor doing that primarily that's what i have been working in the, on the film side that i can talk about i've got a couple of projects coming up next year so there's one film i'll be in 2022 and then this is this other project that i'm going to be working on will be out as well next year okay. um, so i have to wait for that to come out,
0: okay. Um, Will you come back and talk about it when you can talk about it? Yeah,
1: I'll come back and talk about it when I can talk about it. The last thing that I worked on um, that came out was, I believe, *Unpregnant*, which was, which debuted in the during the pandemic. Okay. So that was kind of like a, a small little thing. We uh, were in a, a drive-through movie theater that HBO Max produced in Albuquerque. I mm. think I believe it was in Albuquerque. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool to be a part of. I, I appreciate being a part of it because it's actually an abortion rights movie, which is, which is like the thing nowadays. And it's not even just the thing nowadays. It's just, um, gained way more momentum because of what's going on in some other states. That our, are neighboring next, state. our neighboring states. Our neighboring states. Yes. Yeah. Um, New Mexico specifically has like these laws that allows, um, women who are under the age of 18 without a parent's consent to have a legal abortion. We're one of the last states that is able to do that. So a lot of women from various other states come here, specifically like Arizona. Native American women are more, this is a big issue for them, especially because of the scarcity and the lack of funding in our Indian health clinic services that don't allow for that to happen. Um, So they have to travel hundreds of miles, hours to be able to come to New Mexico to have this um, operation performed. And not only that, it's, it's costly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have, New Indigenous Women Rising is one of the huge organizations that I support. I have given them some money to be able to help fund a safe, effective way for a woman to have, to make this kind of decision for herself and for her future. A lot of the times women find themselves um, in these situations where it's an abusive situation, a relationship, and they have nowhere else to turn to. Um, There's a lot of stigma with abortions and a lot of men trying to control women. And so this is just another form of control. This is just another form of abuse when governments, agencies, other people who do not have uteruses try to regulate what a woman is able to do with her body. It's just a form of abuse and control.
0: So as the audience may have gathered by now, Desaba is not only an actor, but she's also a bit of an activist, and this is certainly one of your causes that uh, I, I know, I think I, I have been familiar with that you support. There are others.
1: Yeah, I'm. it all works together with murdered, missing indigenous women as well. Because again, it's about abuse and control. It's about silencing women. It's about making them disappear. So you make a woman disappear with her her choice for her right. You make a woman try and disappear by not talking about the abuse that happens or the murders that happen and take place. This is again, a huge um, problem in Native America, a native Native America where women are disappearing, Um, we don't know where they are going. Um, I was working on a role years ago when I first started to become more fit as a boxer. Um, And I managed to find a local trainer in Gallup where I was living at the time. And that, at least for me, is like the closest that it has affected me by knowing someone personally that has searched for years for their mother and never was able to find them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's... I, I can imagine it being very hard for someone to try and find someone and never have that closure and then just having to force that closure that they're just never going to be able to find them. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's pretty disturbing that this is a regularity, that this happens quite often. And then especially now with the recent woman who went disappearing um, from her hike with her cross country trek with her boyfriend and how much media attention that gained as opposed to the number of people who have gone missing, the number of women, boys and men as well, the number of abuse issues, murders that have happened in Albuquerque with the native population who are homeless. Um, I know that there was one that was recently within the last few years that happened. There were some teenage boys who, who killed yeah. um, a native man. And there, you know, it just seems like there's not enough concern, I feel, coming from the majority of The community. Mm -hmm. It's a it's it's not just a native issue, it's a community issue, and I think people need to understand that more, that it's not just a murdered missing indigenous woman. It's a murdered missing woman, and the murdered missing person, Mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. And that it's very important that there is someone that's no longer there, that it's not just an indigenous woman, it's someone's grandmother, it's someone's mother. People that they cared about, who are no longer there, the person that they're waiting to serve dinner to, or a child whose mother is no longer coming home. It's really important to understand it's a community issue. It's not just an indigenous woman, an indigenous person missing that you can no longer find. It's a community, it's a person that's missing.
0: And as we're recording this, this is two days after Indigenous Peoples Day, now celebrated uh, on what had Well, and in some places it is still Columbus Day.
1: Which he was one of the proponents of having that happen. You know, um, selling and enslaving young... My daughter is nine. She just turned nine. This bastard. (laughs) Um is not somebody to be celebrated. He, if it was back in the time that Columbus was here and my daughter was there, that's the same age. My daughter is getting ready for picture day to day and she still carries around a teddy bear. Mm-hmm. She still is sometimes afraid of the dark. And these are the children that he would take and sell as sex slaves. That's vile, disgusting, gross, unfathomable, inhumane. And there's no reason to celebrate anybody for any of those reasons. There are so many other ways to celebrate heritage and culture as an Italian person than to celebrate a man as vile and disgusting as him. What we should be celebrating are the people that um, we tried to save. We save. We're saving ourselves. We're saving our culture, despite the colonization that occurred. I attended the Three Sisters Collective Indigenous Peoples Day celebration on Monday with my family, and it was such a safe, caring. Familial environment. It was a celebration and it felt so good. There were people who were reciting poetry, dancing. Natalie Benali was there doing her thing. There were vendors, native vendors. Taos Wildflower Carmen was there selling paletas. You know, it, with that to me was the community that you know we need to celebrate and support. Mm. Um, people keep saying, you know, we're making a division of this by saying that we can't celebrate Columbus. No, it's actually the complete opposite of that. You know, when you're celebrating someone like that, that is the division, mm. that's the division. When we celebrate love and family, that is the community, that is the joy, that's what we should be celebrating. A lot of the times I feel we are just so stuck in doing things the same way all the time and we forget to critically think about what we're doing or what we're saying. And we're just going along with emotions. We're just going along with what other people decided for us rather than say, hey, this is not right, this is not appropriate. And it's really hard when you might be the only person in your community saying, like, this is not right, this is not appropriate and then your voice gets diminished and then you become silenced and you feel like you're 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 basically being gaslit that what you're saying is wrong and well the rest of us don't think that way well it just takes that one person and then eventually you know i, I hope it takes on that more that people try and stop and think about what they mean by when they say oh you're just being divisive and you're you're just disrupting things well it's being disrupted for a reason because it has never been right. It's never been right. And so it's good to disrupt those things.
0: Desba, let's, since we've, we've already moved into this, I mean, you've made a decision, a personal decision to plant your, plant your own flag or join, make, make your own family by, by switching your name to Desba. What was the motivation? How did that all happen?
1: So I, when I was younger, my um, family friend... Decided to give all of us names. Um, all of us, meaning myself, my sister, and my brother, and his wife actually recently passed as of the other day. And uh, Dr. Fred Begay was the first Navajo physicist in the nation in the Native America, and so my dad met him while my dad was working at Los Alamos National Laboratories, and I guess because they're both Navajo, they you know they became friends and. Fred was a bit, I guess, of a mentor to my to my father. So he became a family friend. And so I've known him all my life. We had great stories about him. He was a jokester. He was a, a bit of a medicine man. I don't, and um so yeah, he he's the one that named me Desba, And he actually also named my daughter as well. Before he passed, he was uh he had cancer, and, and so I felt really bad about bugging his family, but it felt like I I really like needed to and he said okay. To name my daughter, I brought her to him and I wanted to have an elder because that's what that's what happens. An elder is someone who names the person they I guess they see something in you that you may not see particularly yourself. And but I also made a suggestion of the name that I want. He said, "Go, oh, that's that's perfect." He says, "I will give you." And I Sometimes forget to do these things and I didn't grow up culturally Navajo. But he was also a bit of a jokester too, so I can't tell like what part is like the truth and like what, you know, is there. I'll have to talk to my medicine man friend. But I remember just before we left the house to go take my daughter to him, I was like, Oh, I need to take a gift. I need to bring something to him because this is like a ceremony type thing and I mean I didn't know any better. And so I just grabbed a bag of apples. And um, I grabbed him, and so when I presented her, and I said, well, I said I have these apples. I said, this is, this is a gift. He says, oh, it's very good and very wise to be bringing a gift to your medicine man before, you know, these things. And, and now I know better, because I do talk to my medicine man friend very often, but he just had this way of making it seem very, um, I don't want to say King of the Hill-like, but it was kind of very uh, King of the Hill, red corn type of, thing, the way he joked and the way he said things. So I can never tell if he was joking or if he was serious but I knew he was serious after the fact, but he named her, he named me, and in any case, so he gave me the name Desba. His translation of that was, she's going on a raid, and one time I asked him when I was older, I said, well, what do you mean by going on a raid? Like, what am I raiding for? He says, I don't know, sheep or a husband? So, I haven't found me either of those yet. So.
0: <laughs> or, 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 or a husband who's a sheep.
1: Or a husband who's a sheep. Yeah. <laughs> don't right. want a sheep husband, yeah, no. No, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not, not if your name is Desma. No,
1: uh-uh, no. Yeah.
0: Do you want to say your daughter's name? Um, and you don't have to, I mean, that's, uh,
1: yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because you asked me like how I came about, you know, like getting this and I've had it on my IMDB page. I've had Desba on my IMDB page for a while, but it was at the bottom. It was, you know, as, as an artist, I sign things, Desba and I always have, it just kind of felt like a different persona, I guess, you know, I, I can't quite vocalize what I meant. But this recent project um, that I'm on, I, you know, all this time I'd been Sharon Ann Henderson. I liked the way it looked on my resume. I had it, in, you know, like upper, was it lower caps? You know, it just looked. It took up space, and I really liked the way it looked. It was just full, full-on name, and I liked that for a really long time. I actually had this. Okay, let's backtrack. So when I was younger, I found out that I was the only person that my mom named of my siblings. My dad named my brother, and, and then his, the middle name, and then my sister, and her middle name, and then there was me, and my mom was like, no, you can't name her, you can't name all the kids. I've got to name them at least a little bit, plus there was also his last name. So when I found out my mom named me Sharon, no, when I found out when my mom named me Anne, Anne with an E, when I was like 12 years old, I was trying to figure out a way to just Sharon Ann or Share Ann with you know S-H-A-R-A-N-N-E. And then drop the Henderson because I'm like, I'm not two-thirds of my dad. I'm half my dad, half my mom. So I've always had this thing with the names. Fast forward to again, like I said, you know, I like the way Sharon Ann Henderson looks and the way it's just full, it's there. And I but I felt like I needed to, given the significance of this show. I needed to I needed to up my game. I needed to actually be the person that I felt that this man, my elder, knew I was. And I'd always known that it meant she's going on a raid. But it just finally trickled in completely fully like water into a glass that's completely full and it's and it's just ready. And I asked one of my friends who happens to be an executive producer, and I said, what do you think about me changing my name to this? And they said, I love it. I'm going to start calling you that. And I just said, okay. And I really liked the way it sounded back to me. So I told my I told my agent, I said, I'm changing my name. Is that okay? How do I go about doing this? And then she asked me too, well, wh- how, what's the significance? And I told her about the Dr. Fred Begay. I told her about how it um, he had named me when I was like three. And just especially given this particular show, that I felt like it, I was ready for that, That especially since it's like a huge change. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I was ready to grow into that. Mm-hmm. And I was ready to hear it back to me. And, you know, when I hear people calling me that on set, it's, just a, it's like just a whole different level.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. It feels like it's someone that I'm becoming, someone that I am, someone in the future... It's just hard to describe. I haven't really sat with it yet, but I just I like to hear I like to hear that name back to me. That respect, I guess is yeah. Yeah. from from knowing that this is who I am and then hearing it back. Native American people, I don't know if it's all across culture, cultures, but everyone knows someone different as someone else. You never really give your name to like everyone because then having a name in someone else's mouth is like having that power. You you know some people might see it as taking that power away. I see it as like, you know, echoing it back to me. I see it differently. But yeah, so names for Native Americans, culturally, you know, you often hear a child being addressed as shi'aji, which means my little one, my dear one. But you never really probably hear anyone saying their name. Mm. Oftentimes you might even hear my son or daughter. You know, they'll call them by the pronoun, I guess, or the, but they'll never actually call anyone by their name,
0: mm.
1: um, and then everybody has, like, a different meaning to someone else, like, I found out my, one of my great, great grandmothers, I believe, on my nollie, so my dad's side, she, her name was Kahadba, and she was a Denetoy, but she was, like, kind of, sort of adopted, and so she liked the last name from that person, which was... Largo, but then her like anglicized name that she preferred to was Bertha, so <laughs> But then the, the next OA, they anglicized that too to Denison, so I you know trying to figure out who my family Is in the past or whatever, you know, because somewhere in there house I also had a relative named Mary Jane Apache, so I'm assuming that she was probably Apache.
0: Yeah, uh-huh.
1: Anyways, so names are really, it's a really big thing. And, and so now that I'm Desba, it just, it sits differently mm-hmm. in my soul.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, when we met, you were you were Sharon. And I, I have to tell you, I, I feel like I really met Desba today.
1: Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sharon, I think, is the little girl. Sharon is the little girl with the big dreams. I think Desba is the one who's making shit happen. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, maybe that's, you know, and I think that I think I'm culturally in line with everything. You know, there's the little person and then there's the big person. I'm finally wearing big girl pants now, I feel. So maybe that's that's what it is.
0: Well, hang on. A couple things. I did ask you your daughter's name. You never told me, which is fine. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, I, I as you went through that, I was like, this is good. OK, she didn't tell me. <laughs> and then she even told me why she wasn't telling me. And and then moved right on to the next thing. This is Radio Free Galisteo. Music and information from the Galisteo Basin. Radio Free Galisteo is listener supported. Go to www.radiofreegalisteo.com and click on our Patreon support button to become an active supporting member of Radio Free Galisteo. you're you're certainly making making things happen, and, and you've uh, you've been in a number of films already, and one that you won't talk about now, yeah. <laughs> which which uh, I I uh, can't wait to hear about uh, sometime in the near future. So yeah, you, you're definitely on that path.
1: You're yeah,
0: making, which which is great. It's, it's. I think you had when when we first met. Here's the big reveal, ladies and gentlemen. We met in an acting class. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you had you had recently completed being in Hostiles.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. That was that was really interesting. I think I've come kind of full circle in some ways. You know, I. I did not have, like, the traditional trajectory of an actor in my life. It's been pretty blessed, I would say. I've been lucky to the point where I'm pretty sure anyone who saw what I've done so far would be upset. And then there's also, like, maybe they could be, like, inspired. And then also you know, for the people who, who love me. (laughs) I'll be like, you go girl. It could be any of those, you know, three, three places. But I met up with a person who I knew only through an email name and had only met via a zoom and I met them in person and I talked to them and I said, you know, yeah, I know who you are. I was on blah, 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 blah. And they're like, oh Yeah but I told him I said don't worry I am now a SAG actor because what happened was I initially was everything I dedicated to my sister I dedicate to Shannon Um, she's the one who started me on the path of being a actor I was working for the Navajo Nation as a geologist and things are kind of rocky there
0: um, uh, huh, huh, no pun intended. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I didn't even realize it made a funny. <laughs> yeah, they were kind of rocky. Um, you know, because it's just a little kind of a bit of a crab in the bucket scenario that I had hoped wasn't going to happen. It didn't happen initially, and it ended up happening towards the end. And I was just kind of hoping for the best there, but it just wasn't looking good for this little crab. And I wasn't going to be throwing myself against any rocks anytime soon to try and make it work. So my sister sent me a casting call uh, for um, some show that was filming in Farmington and I sent in my information. I had an audition on my birthday. Uh, Kathy Brink loved me. She's like, you're going to go on to the next level. I auditioned for Angelique Midthunder. She loved me. She said, you know, you really should get an agent and at that time I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. If it's not like a federal regulation code, I have no idea what any of this is. Headshots? Like, is that like glamour shots? You know, like what, what is this that I'm being thrown into? And so I had signed on to do this movie. It was a non-union project. And it was a blessing in disguise because I was involved in it for about three months, and then the doctor called me up a month like a, an hour into my drive to go to rehearsal and said, "I'm sorry I found someone else." Mm. It was a perfect introduction. I was so crushed. I felt like I, I felt like I was like the girl who had fallen in love with the guy who decided he found someone hotter. You know, I was so completely crushed because I was on this project for like three months Oof. and just waiting for it to get started. And so I was just like, well, I have nothing else left to do except to just jump in this boat that is called acting in the film industry and see where it's going to take me. It wasn't until recently that I realized the decision that I made and how open I was to this new career choice that I had in some ways fully committed to finding out where I was going to go. I... The analogy that I use is that I had one foot in the boat and one foot on the dock and I was going to have to make a decision what I was going to do. I couldn't be on both sides. Mm -hmm. So I got into the boat and I think that commitment, even if I didn't feel like it was as strong as it was then because I was so confused by this whole industry, I feel like that full commitment is what allowed me to be so blessed in that way because I had nothing left to lose. I, there was nothing really left for me in this previous career as a geologist. I was embarking on a then new marriage, which ultimately failed for the better. And I kind of sort of had to just rely on myself. These people believed in me, Angelique Midthunder believed in me, Kathy Brink believed in me, even the director who fired me believed in me to say, you're good at this. And I had to trust them that I was, and it was scary. Hmm. And I didn't know where it was going to take me, but I knew I needed to get in the boat. And so I did get an agent and I did get some headshots. (laughs) I just kept getting lucky from there. I ended up doing an audition which I didn't realize was more like a callback for Hostiles. I had scheduled at the same time a like a walk-in casting call for Longmire, I can't remember what camp, I think it was maybe Kira at the time and um, they were looking for some new talent for some roles and I called Angelique and I was like, I'm not going to be able to make it. Is there any other time that we can reschedule? She's like, no, <laughs> we can't do that. This, you know, The director's got only a limited time and I was like, I'm going to make it work. And so I was furiously texting a friend of mine or Facebooking a friend of mine who I knew from New York and I said, coffee what do i do what do i do like he said fortune favors the bold that's all i needed to give me that fake it till you make it vibe Mm -hmm. to say i'm again fully committed to falling on my face i went to the audition i missed scott cooper by seconds perhaps and i got the tape in and the next thing I know Jennifer Schwallenberg is emailing me saying we're offering you the role and I was just like oh my gosh fortune favors the bold I had to fully commit to that as much as every fiber of my being was about ready to run away like nope this is where we're going and that's where I got that. Then there was uh, a couple of months later I got my first speaking role with Woman Walks Ahead. I was still at that point SAG eligible and naive me was like waiting for that time when I could become a SAG actor. Of course you know you can do it then too and join the union on the first speaking role. You could join it on the second speaking role but I. But my agent's like just hold tight just, Just keep holding off, just don't join yet, and you know, all these roles that I kept like auditioning for and I, you know, saw all the other Native women that looked like me, you know, auditioning for these particular roles, and there were some pretty juicy roles in there too. And then watching the TV shows and seeing the women that actually got the roles, and I'm like, I auditioned for that one too. I was like, when am I gonna get my chance? You know, it's like, I know, like, I have, like, two things on my resume, but I'm really good for it. But, you know, directors, producers don't care about that. Finally, though, it was on Better Call Saul that I got my must-join, and it's so hilarious because I had to drive to Albuquerque. At the time, I was living at home with my folks and divorced, and... I um, remember, you know, partially also hating at the time, driving two hours to go to an audition to do like one-liners. And I'm like, man, you know, it's like emergency, call 911. All right, next, you know, and then have to drive two hours home, you know. But that's that's the life. That's I mean, I'm sure it's even worse in LA, and everyone's grateful, you know. There's there's that that's one side of you that's super grateful that you got the opportunity because no one else is getting that audition except for you and maybe like 500 other people. But then there's the other people who are not getting it, and then you have the gas, and you're able to make it, and you have the time, and you're not working, so be quiet, and shut up, and be grateful. (laughs) So then, yeah, I got got the role, and I loved the callback because they asked me to ad-lib. I love ad-libbing. I love it. (laughs) I love it. And I made the director laugh, and I didn't know he was the director at the time. Because, you know, sometimes it's either the showrunner or the writer or the director or, you know, somebody, one of the execs that's in there. So I made him laugh and he loved it. He says, okay. He's like, but this is a network show, so you're going to have to drop the (laughs) F-bombs. So (laughs) I said, okay. I was like, what about if they're in Spanish? (laughs) And he, (laughs) so... But um, yeah, it just kind of snowballed from there, and yeah, I've been in a few things. You know, every, every once in a while people ask me, well, you know, when I have a role, they're like, well, is it a speaking role? From now on, it's always going to be a speaking role, unless, I don't know, for whatever reasons it's not a speaking role. But I'm, I'm in, that, in, that, in that realm now, and, and eventually it'll turn into being, you know, a lead role. It's not going to be just like, do you have a speaking role? It's going to be like, which movie are you starring in? Which movie are you going to be headlining? You know, it's going to be that. That's that's the thing that I'm envisioning for myself eventually. That's my own personal goal to have is eventually be that.
0: Excellent. Yeah, attitude.
1: It's taken me a long time to get there because it took me from, you know there's everybody has like a various different personality my daughter for instance if you meet my daughter you'll be like there is an actor it just depends on the kind of personality i don't know that anyone really sees me and thinks oh she's an actor some actors can't stand to see themselves on the screen can't just, you know like who is it adam adam driver like, oh, right. gets, like mm-hmm. super freaked out when he doesn't he's you know everyone tries to mention it or whatever no, I am like, okay, well, that seemed like that was effective. Was that effective? Mm. How can I do this better? Mm. I want to know what I can do to make it better. I want to know how I can improve. The worst part was trying to go through my auditions that I had done from the very, very beginning. I made a gag reel of it <laughs> on the internet. And it was just hilarious to see how I was, like how I thought I was effective at that point And realizing, oh my God, that's so terrible. That, I don't want to see that one. That, one, that one's a bit much, but I also like to, to see it, to show people, I'm like, this is where I started. This is where I'm going. I wanna help other people mm-hmm. improve. That's mm-hmm. the other thing. That's why I feel like having, being a mentor in the capacity of like Film Prize Junior, for me kind of makes it full circle where there is so much that I have learned in the last five years, which is a really short amount of time to become a SAG actor, I feel. It could probably have been you know, faster, but this was with a must join type of, type of deal. I waited, I waited until the last possible opportunity to join. I want to be able to give back as much as I can because it is hard to navigate. You have so many people whispering in your ear, telling you like, oh, if you don't like your agent, I can, I can introduce you to mine and um, maybe they can, maybe you might click better with them. That was the congratulations that I got from a certain person the first time that I had announced that I had joined an agency. And then I looked them up and I couldn't find their agent anywhere listed. I was like okay. <laughs> and then the next thing I know, there's like, oh, I have a role for you in Los Angeles if you want it. Of course you have to pay your way. And I'm just like Dude. Yeah. If, nah. if there's a if there's a thing in Al- in the LA, that's what my agent's for. Like she'll find it, she'll deal with it. You know, like talk to my agent. I've used that line a couple of times. Talk to my agent. That must have felt good. Oh, it probably was. And it's a, it's the greatest blow off ever because well, I'm sorry, that's a secret that's a trade secret.
0: Oh, okay. But, yeah, Maybe I'll trade. I'll cut that. I'll cut yeah. that.
1: Yeah. But like, no, because sometimes you have those people who are just kind of coming up to you and they want I don't I don't understand it's kinda of like a parasitic type of deal. Mm-hmm but they just want to be a part of it and it's it's interesting it's very very odd and it happens as soon as as soon as someone sees that there's a light shining on someone else they want to steal that light from them Mm. so I also that's partially the other reason why I want to be a mentor is like you know stay strong in your instincts try and hone your instincts as much as possible because my instincts are what have kept me quote alive so far this far this long By not listening to a lot of people who might try and take me off, you know, on a side road. Mm -hmm. And side roads sometimes are beneficial because then, you know, never go down that road again. Right. And they're very helpful. But... I, you know, I want, especially like the younger people, you know, I want to motivate them that it's not just about being the executive producer, that they can be comfortable with if they want to do props or if they want to do costumes, if they want to do um, production sets, you know, building the worlds, like the con- construction is amazing. Mm-hmm. Building these different um, looks and these closets for the costumers is amazing. Trying to cre- figure out and create these characters along with the director and the writers and it's, it's just mind blowing. The storytellers are the gods, and I want people to feel alive in that feeling, and free in that feeling, and like, what else can we create? I want to inspire anybody, doesn't matter who, how old, to be able to do that.
0: As we wind up. <laughs> This frequently happens. Um, You kind of moved it into a great way to end. You would talk about your mentorship, but um, I'll I'll uh, I'll give you uh, I'll give you more. You can ad lib. (laughs) (laughs) Any words of wisdom for for the folks out there?
1: Okay, this is where you're going to have to edit heavily.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not, Not to worry.
1: Words of wisdom. Oh my gosh, there's just so much. I would say to see people more compassionately in every aspect of your life, whether you're on set, whether you are in your community, you know, it doesn't take it it doesn't take very much effort for a person to see another person as wanting joy and peace and security and love and wanting to live a beautiful life. A lot of things can be put into perspective that way even when you see someone struggling on the street you know they're not like bothering you for money they're not harassing you for food they're not no one's getting mad at you because they hate you but we have learned these things that need to be unlearned and it's really hard to see yourselves that we're just trying to all survive we're all trying to just get through this and how can I be of a better support system, how can I be my best to be able to help other people. This morning I had a hard time with my kid <laughs> to get ready for, for her picture day and that was really a struggle but I was trying to remind myself how can I make this a better time for her? I need to slow down and I think a lot of things can be answered by just slowing down and it feels like we have to just go faster and it's like no the faster you go your keys aren't going to fit in the door, you're going to blow past the stop sign, you're going to almost nearly run into the car next to you because you forgot to use your turn signal but if we just take a moment to slow down and we, we can be in the moment. Right, so we can be in the moment while we're acting, we can be in the moment while we're being compassionate for someone else and trying to understand another person's point of view. Being in the moment to understanding why a certain individual might cause pain by celebrating their day. Why, you know, someone's missing grandmother, mother, brother, or sister, cousin, affects us all as a whole. We just take the time to slow down and be in the moment. We can solve a lot of, of problems.
0: You've just been in the moment with Santa Fe-based actor Desba. Thank you very much for being here today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: All right. For Radio Free Galisteo, I'm John Shannon.